Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we are the Film Flamers. And it's time for us to shoot the flames yet again. This episode is landing, I believe, on election... No, the day before election day. That's right. November 2nd on the main feed. Although I think Patreon might have had it a couple days early. So I wish we could start this episode by saying that we're happy that we have a new president come January, but we still don't know. Yeah. At the time of this recording and this release date. So. <laughs> well, I'm going to call it. Yeah. Should I call it? Or should I, like, shut my mouth? Um, should I shut my dirty mouth or should I call it? I think you should shut your mouthy mouth and not <laughs> say anything just in case. Okay. Let's not, like, put any sort of tempt, jinx on shit. Tempt the 2020 fates. Right. I did go vote, though. So uh, just a couple days ago at the time of this recording my husband and i went and voted and we each wore our film flamers mask and the ladies who were checking us in were like oh we love that mask what is it and my husband is like the best fucking (laughs) like uh advertising guy for us he's like oh it's his podcast if you look closer and he's getting closer to this lady's face and she's backing up and i'm like covid honey and uh he's like it says right here the film flamers so that was just like they're not gonna listen to it i was like we'll just take the mask compliment and then we'll move on but should have should have given them really we should give them our cards just to i know to, to have <laughs> uh but yeah so we've we've cast our ballot at least so although in texas now you can't just vote straight democrat you literally have to go through each candidate and pick whether or not you want to do it which took a little bit longer than i'm used to but yeah well i'm glad you pulled the lever for democracy and voted. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit did you watch the last debate um no no i've been watching the snl recaps <laughs> <laughs> that's probably a lot funnier i just um i thought about it really <clears throat> and to save myself some mental anguish i was like i'm not i'm not gonna watch this it's not going to change my mind, so it doesn't matter. And after that first like shit show debate, I just couldn't do it mentally. Yeah, so. I actually really enjoyed Adele on uh, SNL. It was great. Oh, was she funny? She was. She was in a great skit where she played a ghost, and then she was in another one of, I guess, for The Bachelor, spoofing The Bachelor. And so every time she like wouldn't get a rose or whatever, she would like break out into one of her songs. <laughs> <laughs> there's a fire <laughs> yeah so she was actually singing then she was whenever whenever i saw that she had posted on social media that she was going to be the host of snl i was like oh my god does that mean the new album is coming out and then i saw she wasn't the musical guest and i was like nope guess not so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she said the album's not ready yet but she's still saying like four or five of her hits or whatever just little pieces of them like during that sketch it was hilarious she did a good job she looks great I'm go too. Back and watch it yeah especially since like a couple of weeks ago that guy who was the host got under all like came under all kinds of fire for his monologue apparently and i was i don't know i i, I started listening to it because i kept getting it in my feed and it was boring so i turned it off so i never listened to it <laughs> I only ever watch Saturday Night Live skits if someone sends them to me. (laughs) If I knew it would offend me, I would have watched the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, I think just like most people in America right now, we're we're a little fatigued about the news. And I think people are just ready for a change. And so, you know, come shooting the flames December 
maybe we'll have some some better news to talk about. I'm sure we will. Yeah, at least I hope so. Fingers crossed. If you happen to be listening to this episode right now, it's November the 3rd, and you haven't gone to vote, go vote, okay? Chances are you're already in your car anyway. Just drive to your polling place and get it done. (laughs) Screw your job. (laughs) What job doesn't let people go vote? I don't... If you need to go law. park and stand in line for six to eight hours, your kid is fine. Just crack a window. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Take them inside so they can learn the fucking process or something. <laughs> or yeah, don't. don't get sued. Please, please don't leave your kid inside the car. Yeah, that's bad. All right. So let's start this shooting the flames episode. And we're going to start with some comments. We got quite a few. Yeah. Over the last month or so. And the first set of comments are going to come from our Hot Takes episode that we released in September. And at Itzamario says, Quite a bit to unpack here, but the thing that got me the most, and has for a while, is the discussion about crying in movies. I've never been able to cry in movies, and it's always bothered me. In fact, a single book has made me cry once, and there were circumstances behind that. Mm, cryptic. I think a lot of people don't cry in movies the way that well the way that i do <laughs> and certainly people don't cry at commercials the way you do that's right <laughs> don't feel bad it's a mario i routinely cry at movies commercials books songs random paintings memes who knows <laughs> it's all right nikki from patreon said we watched host and really enjoyed it also watched the beach house and kept thinking okay now things are going to get interesting but you know they never did well, well, I'm sorry about the beach house, but I'm really happy that you enjoyed host because I really liked it too. I think I liked it better than Robert did. Yes, you did. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was good and had some scary moments, but you, you liked it a lot more than me. Yeah. A friend of mine, Erica, who also listens to the show, watched it and she thought it was very scary and liked it a lot too. So mm-hmm. maybe I need to rewatch it at some point. Uh, Kimberly also on Patreon said, Robert, I wish we could hang out. We could be horror besties. I have the same issues with certain movies and haunted houses. I'm a big baby, but I can't stop because it's fun. So I can't have friends because I'm not scared in haunted houses. (laughs) (laughs) That's my takeaway. (laughs) Maybe she just wants to be friends with somebody who will like literally piss their pants. I can protect you both. You can hide behind me. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't do that annoying thing where you like pull back real fast or like, and just like drop me on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) What? Like grab onto your shirt so you can't like breathe or anything. Didn't you get like injured the last time we went to a haunted house? Every time, every time we go to the haunted house, like I can't, I cannot see in the dark at all. And there was one time a couple years ago that I like, ran directly into a fucking wall and had this huge knot on my head for like weeks afterward <laughs> like a motherfucker Sorry. So, Kimberly, i don't know if you want to go to a haunted house with me you will walk away like scathed for sure <laughs> <laughs> God. but hey this is why we have social media and patreon so we're already horror besties so you can comment to us anytime you want to and we will have a whole discussion so that's right? true from our Shooting the Flames October episode, at the real Hal Jordan said, Hey, my buddy Rockford, not Roger, who is an ex, but that's a horror story for another century, sent you a voicemail. How lovely. He did not like that Poltergeist remake, did he? By the way, y'all know the cat cameo comment was done in jest, I hope. Well, yes. my cat is locked out of the room at this point, so <laughs> I've learned my lesson. And yeah, we loved that voicemail. Um, and obviously, no, he agrees with us. He did not like the Poltergeist remake. 
And uh, if you're listening, Rockford, sorry for calling you Roger. For the record, Chris really thought it was Rockford or something similar. And I was like, no, 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 it's Roger. Duh, come on. Uh, Nikki on Patreon also commented on this episode and she said, I have so much to say about this episode on attack the block. Anytime a story starts with urban youth attacking demure white women, my eyes roll. So that's what started our conversation. I'm very glad we kept watching it. It was a very good movie. Creepy monsters. Good story. Love John Boyega. To me, the important thing is having the conversation. And she goes on to mention Antebellum, which, well, I think I think we had a discussion about at length during the October episode. But yeah. um, she said, I feel like the critics missed the point. The horror has evolved from the atrocity of slavery itself. It's now the voice of black excellence, threatens those in power so much that they create a system to physically re-enslave. It isn't an economic system. They make the slaves burn the fruits of labor in the film, but purely at the pleasure of evil men. And the thought that my existence threatens another so much that they would steal me for their sadistic entertainment is true horror. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, I'm incredibly well said. Yeah, and that was the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you also like attack the block, and I, I know that it is. Um, it's it's a conversation starter for sure. So I I think with movies like Attack the Block, Antebellum, I mean like. There's starting to be some representation going on. And, yeah. um, you know, we, we both liked Antebellum a lot. And, um, yeah. And I, I, I think we both agree that the critics lost the point, you know? Yeah, completely. I think my point was that if you can imagine, a, a, like, something like that happening, like, in the, a, is it in the realm of possibility? And if the answer is yes, that's where the, her- the horror lies, right? Mm-hmm. So, so. And I mean, who knows? We might be having a longer conversation about antebellum sometime in the future, right? I think this is a movie that Chris and I would revisit at some point. Certainly. All right. So we got some comments on our latest top 10 episode, and that was uh, top 10 horror novels. And at Eats Mario commented again. He said, wow, thank you so much for this. I feel like this is my own special episode. One I may have to listen to more than once. One of my favorite horror experiences has been the Exorcist audiobook narrated by William Peter Blatty. Apart from a great mind, he had a phenomenal voice. So um, I took your recommendation and I have purchased that on Audible with one of my credits. And so it's in my list of things to listen to. At Matthew T. McHenry also commented on our top 10 novels episode and said, The film Flamers, I have been inspired to finally crack open House of Leaves that has been sitting on my nightstand since Christmas 2018. Also, <laughs> Hey Pretty is one of my all time favorite songs. Agreed. Actually, yeah. that whole album is really fucking good. Mm-hmm. So uh michael on facebook said a stephen king story that has never been adapted but should be the jaunt the ending of that story stayed with me for many years i really want to read that it's good okay so the next time that we have a road trip i have the audiobook version of it we can just give it a listen because it's uh it's a really good story i think you would like it a lot what is it about is it about teleportation because i feel like i might have actually listened to that on a plane flight once so, yeah, it's about um, teleportation has been a thing for a long time. And this father is telling his children the story of how it was discovered. Right. And it's just it's a really good story. And I think that it's going to be adapted at some point. I think it's been like purchased by Brad Pitt, of all people. I mean, it's good. I really like it. It's it's very science fiction. And it's just one that I happen to like a lot. And that doesn't happen very often. Okay. So I'm going to read it or listen to it. Matt from Facebook said, I would love an adaption of Season of Passage. Here, here. For sure. I would love to see that. That would be amazing. Uh, Nicole 
on Patreon said, um, I know there's only so much you can squeeze into a top 10, but some Shirley Jackson and Joe Hill would have been great author additions. Lots of good stuff to mine from their works. Also, a little horror adjacent Handmaid's Tale, timely and anxiety-inducing. P.S. Night Shift was my introduction to Stephen King when my mom bought it from the Doubleday Book Club. I was probably eight or nine, and I still can't sleep with an open closet door because the boogeyman scarred me to my soul. Jesus. I fucking agree. Like, I am 41 years old, and if I see a closet door open just a little bit, like, I... It reminds me of that story immediately because I read that story when I was way too young and it just really scared the fuck out of me. And I I get it completely. And obviously Shirley Jackson and Joe Hill are really great authors, right? But she's right. There's only so only so much room in a top 10 episode. Yeah. So, but those are two authors that people should check out. They're both really good. My sister and friend of the podcast, Penelope, who you might remember from our Annabelle episode, uh, said, seriously, here for House of Leaves. Still to this day, despite how much horror I read, one of the creepiest books I've ever read. Also, Robert, oh my god, I swear, you still haven't read any of my recommendations, have you? Shaking my <laughs> head. Stop what you're doing and check out Anaya Alborn. Girl can write. I think Seed was the first one I read, and it was excellent. This would make a fantastic film. Also, on the subject of creepy-ass dolls, her novel I Call Upon Thee, that one is particularly creepy. Also, Rinchi Pecco. I love her Bone Witch series, but that's sort of horror-adjacent. If you love world-building, that's a great one. But her creepy novels, The Girl from the Well and The Suffering, are next-level horror, and they have very satisfying endings. Sorry, I did forget, but you should know that since you like commented, I have looked them up and they will be read, I promise. So stay tuned, Penelope. I will let you know what I think of them somehow. Uh, we also got a voicemail um, from Brandon about our top 10 horror novels episode, and here's what he had to say. Hello, Film Flamers. My name is Brandon. I am a longtime listener and a huge fan. Um, obviously, first-time caller. Um, I just got done listening to your top 10 horror novels episode, and I just wanted to thank you for a great episode. Um, thank you so much for mentioning Paul Tremblay. He is a great author, and The Cabin at the End of the World is one of my um, current favorite novels. Um, but a big thank you to calling out A Season of Passage by Christopher Pike. I was in love with this novel when I was in middle school and haven't thought of it in years. Um, so I am definitely picking that up to reread. So thank you again um, for the great content and keep up the fantastic work. Thank you. I am so, so happy that someone else really that has enjoyed Season of Passage not only wants it also to be made into a movie, but also remembered it from their youth. You know, I'm very excited about that. It is a good book. And I, yeah, I was pretty pleased too. whenever people had commented and he left that voicemail. I was like, that's fantastic that other people have read this book. And I'm certainly glad that you loaned it to me to read. So thank you for that voicemail, Brandon. We really appreciate all the call-ins. So um, I'm glad that you also like Paul Tremblay. And I also read Cabin at the End of the World. Um, it's it's very good. It's very harrowing. And, um, you know, there are gay characters in that. And so I, I appreciate it on that level as well. From our deep dive into Terrified, 
at Nicole and 75 said, I am winning no parenting awards for this confession, but I listened on a road trip with the Rugrats in the car. And then my tiny children are smitten with yelling your creepy recaps. I'm going to have some questions from teachers when school eventually returns. They've been making up monster stories since listening. They aren't great, but three and a half stars for effort would have been free, <laughs> but they're cute. And the purple face eating monster was pretty inspired. <laughs> This has got to be one of our favorite, one of my favorite comments we've ever gotten. <laughs> I, this is the first time I've seen this. Like, you must have snuck this in here. Where was this from? Was this just from Twitter, right? Yeah, she, she commented on Twitter. Nicole's also a patron. Yeah. So, uh, but she uh, she put this in on on Twitter and I just was cracking up when I read it. And I was just like, I hope I, I put it in the document. I was going to say this for Chris. So I was just like, yay, people are listening with children in the car. <laughs> so the kids liked our recap of Terrified. Yeah, apparently. When one of us read it, I forget which one of us read it. I think it was you. I think it was me. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> so that it inspired them to make up scary ghost stories. I'm like, yes. I'm like, your, your children are obviously awesome and you're raising them right. So <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Cracking that window. <laughs> uh, if you ever feel so inclined and you want to share some of their stories with us, uh, we have a voicemail line. Yeah. So just mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Uh, at Eats and Mario commented on this one too. And he said, I half watched this movie on a holiday last year and thought it was just okay. And I rewatched it recently because I heard good things and thought I must have missed something. It wasn't until this episode that I really grew to appreciate what this movie did. Cheers. Well, good. I'm glad. And this is what we do, what we do. So, I mean, I'm glad that you went back and watched it again. Chris and I both think it's a very scary movie and super effective. And we're glad that you appreciate it and our episode. Mm -hmm. So thanks. We also got some questions starting with a voicemail from Dave. Hey guys, it's Dave. Second time caller and long time listener. With October 1st tomorrow, I'm starting the 31 for 31. Do you guys have any films you save to watch just just on Halloween? Also, do you guys try and watch movies you haven't seen or watch some of your favorites all month long? I usually save my all-time favorites for Halloween or around Halloween, such as Aliens and Bram Stoker's Dracula and um, uh, Trick or Treat. Um, Anywho, I hope you guys have an awesome Halloween. And I love you guys and keep up the great work. Bye. Thanks for that voicemail, Dave. Uh, Actually, you got that voicemail in like almost immediately after we recorded shooting the flames for October. So we saved it for now because I'm completing a 31 and 31 myself. And we thought it would be good to talk about, um, you know, after Halloween, I don't really save any movies to watch on Halloween. It's sort of different. I sort of go by a whim half the time. Yeah. Um, but this year I really wanted to try and watch some things that I had not seen before. And I think the first half of the month was pretty heavy with that. And then toward the end, I've been watching things that I like a lot and just wanted to rewatch. So, yeah. And for my part, usually I'll go back and watch one of my older favorites, you know, um, it could be, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula, like you mentioned, or Hellraiser or, you know, uh, even some weird things like event horizon or you know stuff like that or silence of the lambs but honestly since i discovered trick or treat it's been a tradition for me to watch trick or treat every halloween yeah i also try to watch trick or treat in october just because i think it's a really good fun halloween movie um and then i mean i i usually end up in october watching return of the living dead 
Um, but I sometimes watch that throughout the year. I know. So, I was about to I say, mean, you watch that every month. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's not, I'm not really saving it. Really, anytime but, it's the 31st. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to watch Return of the Living Dead again. <laughs> so, and I did this October. So I can't I can't say that I, I failed on that one. But yeah. um, I mean, it's really just a whim. Although, uh, you know, if you are on social media, let us know what, what you're watching. Maybe next October um we'll make a list and if people want to watch the same movies then we'll all watch them together yeah. or something like that uh kimberly also asked us a question on facebook she said i'd be interested in hearing about your no-go movies in a future episode movies that you can't watch because they are too scary or freak you out too much i don't know that there is a movie that is too scary for me uh, to me those types of movies are disturbing movies right like mm-hmm. I, for for a while, I don't I didn't think I would ever want to watch The Strangers again uh, because it just was too disturbing um, as far as like the premise and its execution. But I think I would watch that again, honestly. Uh, but it's things like I don't know that aren't necessarily horror that I would stay away from again. You know, the thing that comes to mind first, I think, would be like Requiem for a Dream. Like I have no need to see that again. <laughs> you yeah, know, agreed. So it's not necessarily horror. Right. And so some of the movies that just like, you know, give me a gut punch to the brain, (laughs) like Requiem for a dream. I'd have no need of seeing again. I would, I would call that movie horror adjacent for sure. But yeah, I, I saw that movie one time. I will probably never watch it again. I just don't, don't want to. Um, but for the same, I mean, like if something really scares me, I tend to want to watch it again, like right away because <laughs> I enjoy being scared. And um, but things that are super, super disturbing and there's a really high bar for me when it comes to that. And so if, if a movie makes me feel that way, then I'm probably not. So uh, a couple years ago, I watched a Serbian film and I will probably never watch that movie again. Right. There's just yeah. no no need no. to like watch it again. <laughs> so things like that. Um and that was way more than freak out. It was just not, not, not good. Disturbingly bad, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I hope that answers your, your question, Kimberly. And she, she commented this because of Return of the Living Dead, actually, because I put it on there. I was watching it for the 31 and 31 and it scares her too much to watch it. So I happen to disagree on that one. I love that movie so much, but <laughs> We got a new patron. Penelope. (laughs) Where have you been? (laughs) Well, thank you for joining the Patreon family, Penelope. And she joined at our Film Flamer Plus uh, category. So we can add her to Ben Gonzalez and Amber Couch and Penelope. Welcome to that group where you get a shout out every month on Shooting the Flames. That's right. If you join up the Film Flamer tier or higher, you will join our special category where we have three people now. That's good. So you can all go to patreon.com slash filmflamers, find our bonus content, join the family, and get a shout out on the next Shooting the Flames. Also, we can go ahead and say now that we didn't have any reviews to read in this episode. So That's true. Yeah. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere, just uh, you know, leave us a review and um, why you like us, and we'll read it on the next Shooting the Flames. Horror News. So way back in our Shooting the Flames June episode, we talked about that they were making a prequel for the movie Furiosa, which is a prequel to Mad Max Fury Road, which we both very much liked. And they have announced some casting for the movie, especially the role of Furiosa, which is not Charlize Theron. Mm. 
And they are going to they well they announced that Anya Taylor Joy, star of The Witch and mm-hmm. New Mutants, um, is going to be playing Furiosa. And I'm a fan of her. I am, but I don't really see her in that role. Maybe you know they'll prove me wrong. You know, but I think I was saying pre-recording that I had preferred um, our Midsummer favorite to play the Florence role. Pugh. Florence Pugh. But yeah, that would have been good too. I mean. I'd like to see like what she does with it, but uh, they also announced that Chris Hemsworth is going to be in the movie, so that should be more than enough reason to go watch this prequel. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I um I don't know what they're going to do with that movie though, right? So it's like I, I assume the prequel is going to be like that community that she lived in or something. Yeah, yeah, and maybe some back history on like the main bad guy from from Mad Max Fury Road. Like I prefer prequels that don't involve the characters from other movies, like. I prefer a prequel like, I don't know, Ouija Origin of Evil that has nothing to do with the original, right? And mm-hmm. especially when things are recast and, and stuff like that, like I'd rather continue a story and move forward to the future, you know, versus go back. But, you know, I, I love to be proven wrong in these cases, so please do so. I can't even think of a prequel that I really like, honestly. I mean, I, I like Ouija or Origin of Evil, but... Um... That's such a standalone movie, you know? Um, That's exactly what my point is. Like, I'd like to yeah. be standalone if they're going to keep doing it. Now, is it going to be, is it still going to be directed by the same director? Yeah. George Miller's doing it. Oh, yeah. perfect. So, okay. Well, then it has a chance. God, I didn't like the Alien prequels. I just can't think nope. of any right now. So, <laughs> either way, I love Fury Road so much that I will go and see this movie for sure. In other news, unfortunately, we have received word of the death of Conchata Pharrell, who you might have remembered from Krampus as the crazy aunt, or even from Edward Scissorhands. And we hate to see her go because we enjoyed her performances so, so much. That's right. She really is delightful in Krampus. And um, she had a very singular like style of acting. It was very funny, and she will be missed quite a bit. Uh, finally, and this is sort of like making the rounds on social media, so I know that a lot of you have seen it or read this article and had some opinions about it, but science has found the scariest movies ever. So apparently, according to this, the scariest movie of all time is Sinister, followed by Insidious and The Conjuring. And I have a small problem with this because they only tested 50 movies, right? And on this list, I'm actually, they, they ended at 35 and they're, what they're keying off of here is average heart rate across the movie. Right. And yeah. so it doesn't key off of whether the movie's good or ends well or anything like that. They're going off of heart rate. And they said sinister, which is one of the scariest, like first half to three fourths of a movie that I've seen, but the, it just falls so flat to me as a, like of how it ends that it's just, like it disappointed me so much. Um, I need to watch it again just to see. So I, I have that expectation and maybe I'll enjoy it more. But yeah, that first, that first half is pretty scary. And of course, Insidious and the Conjuring, right? But, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of movies that I would include on here, including what we just covered. Like we just covered Terrified and I'm not seeing it anywhere on this list or even on a list of, of things that they covered it. That's like only american films i guess or english language films and only even then only like the ones that have like kind of breached into pop culture uh the only one i remember being on the list that wasn't in in english is um audition 
And that sort of made the bottom of the list. It was number 35. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I understand what, what scientists, at least these scientists are trying to do, right? To, to find what gives you like a, a physical reaction, right? And I mean, obviously it would be jump scares, right? So jump scares are making people's heart races, right? And I'm not saying that jump scares are bad by any means. I think that a really effective jump scare requires a, a really good director and a good cast and a good story to make that work. Um, so that's that's good. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't. While Sinister scared the shit out of me, I I don't think I would call it the scariest movie ever made. Yeah, and I do I do like how they're breaking down some of this data. They did jump down like and say the biggest jump scare is by heart rate. Um, not overall or even average, but like what scenes. And I like that the Exorcist three made it in there. That's one of the top five. Fucking scary ass jump scare. I love it. (laughs) And the descent, probably on that first reveal. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, probably the clap scene and the conjuring, you know, and I, I'm just thinking of all these things, the sinister, you know, where it's you can see him in the, you know, outside and stuff. And, you know, I'm just thinking of all these scenes and you can instantly remember what they're talking about when you see these biggest jump scares by heart rate. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll share this link uh, to the article in the show notes so you can take a look. I'm not completely happy with this, um, you know, but it's it's cool to see. You know, it's, it's, it's at least at the very least interesting. And finally, I mean, like science is doing something worthwhile, right? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I would love for someone to, <laughs> whatever I would love, I would love for someone to take this data and like, I don't know, weigh it against like Rotten Tomatoes or something or Metacritic or something. And, and say like the most enjoyable and scariest or something and kind of, weigh that data in certain ways that would like massage it like the best of the best horror movies you know i think that would be interesting as well yeah i agree i mean so like i i saw this article one day and i i posted it to twitter and i said something like finally like science and uh and then like the next couple days it exploded all over social media (laughs) and everyone had an opinion you know and, and which is good but i I don't know. I mean, like, ultimately, I think that Sinister is very, very scary. So I'm okay with it being the number one movie on this list. But yeah. I'm with you. I think that there are a lot of movies that they didn't show people. And, uh, you know, and, and again, people are scared for different reasons. And I, if it's, it's solely going to be like jump scares that to cause your heart rate to go or whatever, like, mm-hmm. that's, that's just one piece of the data. I think there's a whole lot more involved. To me, the average, you know, uh, is also like a, a big thing and and it's actually equaled by insidious you know and about the conjuring too so james wan actually has a huge presence on this list he's really good at what he does yeah. you know he he can go in and scare an audience and he knows how to do that i mean we've seen movies that have completely copied him you mm-hmm. know so he, he clearly is sort of a scare master and i'm not surprised that his movies are at the top of the list the only one i haven't seen in the top 10 is the visit isn't that about the grandparents? Oh, yeah, it's a Shyamalan movie. Okay. It was okay. I mean, like, for for I'm not a huge fan of M. Night Shyamalan. I liked that movie. I didn't find it all that scary. But, I mean, I, I think that I have seen just about everything on the list, or at least the things that made the top 35. So, yeah. um, if anything, take this list and just, like, this should be a list of, like, you know, movies to watch. Oh, The Orphanage <laughs> is also so. on this at number 29. Oh, so another foreign language movie. That's mm-hmm. good. 
um audition is also super good you know but it's really like scariest toward the end of the movie you know and i don't know it's, it was an interesting list and i i would like to sit down and sort of revisit some of these movies and see how i feel about it yeah and also um I really would like to be a participant in a study like that. <laughs> so, I mean, if there are any other scientists who want to like have their own study, because I know things have to be peer reviewed, <laughs> I'm available and I'm sure Chris would do it too. Yeah. And strap <laughs> so, them down and count tears too while you're at it. No, a tear count. Mm-hmm. Just like collect them in a little like beaker or something like that. Is that what they use in science? A graduated <laughs> cylinder. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Coming soon. So first up, we've got the trailer for Monster Hunter, starring Mila Jovovich and directed by what's his face? Who did all the Resident or the Resident Evils that she's been in? Paul W. S. Anderson. Yeah, Paul W. S. Anderson. And so this looks like one of those movies. <laughs> yeah. It's also based off a video game. And um, yeah, there's not much more I can say about this. It looks good uh, as far as like quality is concerned of the visual effects. And Mila Jovovich at least looks like she's a little less wooden than she was in uh, Hellboy. (laughs) Which I still haven't seen. (laughs) So worth it. Just for those effects alone, man. Like the gore. The gore. Yeah. I mean, I like gore. Yeah. and this movie looks like like just a full-on action movie, right? With yeah. some pretty impressive-looking monsters, you know? And, uh, well, to me, they kind of look like monsters slash dinosaurs, right? Through all of it, I was like, it's like a stegosaurus mixed with a triceratops, and then yeah. we have this monster, right? So, um, I don't know, but I, I like to watch Mila Jovovich. I like to watch Mila Jovovich. I can't even say her name right. I like to watch Mila kick an ass. So I think that... Uh, What's her last name? Jovovich. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think her name is something like Mila Wojcik. <laughs> I can't even say his name either. Wojcik Kilar? Wojcik Kilar. <laughs> well, I've loved her ever since I saw her in The Fifth Element and then Resident Evil, you know, and, and her career's just kind of leapt up from there and, and she's kind of carried those franchises. But... um. You know, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I'll watch it. I'm probably not gonna, you know, go out of my way, but <laughs> I, I've missed the last like eighteen Resident Evil movies. So if it's been anything like this year though, it's supposed to come out in theaters only in December, and I just don't really see that happening really, but I mean I could, I guess. Yeah. I'm not gonna go see it in the theater. No. But I'll watch it at home. So um so we also watched a trailer for a movie that is already released on VOD, so you can stream it now. Um, I really liked the title, and I wanted to include it. It's called Big Freaking Rat. <laughs> <laughs> the best film about R.O.U.S. is this year. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I really like to include like trailers for movies that look especially terrible. <laughs> Yeah, when I was first watching this trailer, I was like, is this like a sequel to Birdemic or something? It looks better than that, but not by much. I mean... (laughs) But it does look like a hell of a lot of fun because I was laughing all the way through it. 
Yeah, I mean, it was cracking me up. Uh, so essentially there's a state park that has been like led to ruin with like illegal dumping and like chemical spills and things like that. And they're trying to reclaim the park, but they can't because all those chemicals have caused a rat to become a big freaking rat. It's <laughs> 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 killing a whole bunch of campers. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I kind of want to see this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that feels like a group watch to me yeah for sure i think so i mean i mean i would still probably watch it by myself but i mean <laughs> i'd rather watch it with you yeah so um just like all these trailers that we're gonna be talking about you can find the link for a big freaking rat in um the show notes i, <laughs> I just wanted to say big freaking rat one more time <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well you should do so take a stand <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes. And so our next trailer is The Stand. That's right. It's the limited series from CBS All Access doing Stephen King's long ass fucking book, The Stand. And it looks legit. I mean, I don't really understand it by the trailer. I haven't, it's, you know, I haven't, I've never read the book, you know, um, but it looks good. And Whoopi's in it. And I always love Whoopi. Well, and I, I like the Scars Guard. I mean, he's pretty to look at. Um, yeah, he was good in that one Lady Gaga music video, Paparazzi. Paparazzi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I love The Sand. I think it's a good book. I really enjoyed the miniseries that came out when I was much younger. And, um, you know, I've watched it a couple times. So okay. I'm interested to see what they do. I I know that they had to cut a lot out of that original miniseries because it was on network television. And now we don't have that anymore. Like you can do things mm-hmm. like CBS All Access and have like an actual adult, you know, version of something. And I'm hoping that they don't cut out the things they cut out originally and just keep that story intact a little bit. And it looks good. It was a good it's a good cast. You know, it looks well made. And you know, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. But I think that pretty much wraps up our Shooting the Flames episode. Um, we really appreciate all the comments. Keep those coming on social media. You can find us at the Film Flamers on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or call our hotline, please, just like these wonderful people did in this episode, at 972-666-7733. So, yep. Thank you, Brandon and Dave, for those voicemails. We really appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up in November, we are covering the movie The Howling. So we're talking werewolves. And uh, we'll be talking about a special Thanksgiving horror movie. What's that? Thanksgiving. <laughs> about a murderous talking turkey. So. <laughs> we'll also be talking about, uh, on Patreon at least, the Flamers flashback for a mystery movie that has yet to be finalized because our poll is still active. So I don't know go over there and uh and uh, vote for your favorite and dictate which werewolf movie we're gonna watch over there on patreon and become part of the family while you're at it that's right we will say your name after you join the family just like we did for penelope this month so uh head over and do that patreon.com slash the film flavors and leave us that review because we really want them <laughs> yes it was severely missed in this episode just one that's all we need (laughs) just one (laughs) just the one all right everybody well until next week sweet dreams i am looking forward to thanksgiving though because the tagline is gobble gobble motherfuckers and i just (laughs) like
have to. 